0: Hello, and welcome to the Clearfort Community Church podcast. Our hope with this podcast is that you would be encouraged by the weekly teaching from God's Word, not just on Sunday mornings, but every day of the week. To learn more about Clearfort Community Church, go to clearforkchurch.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Church. Now, let's jump into this week's message. So we're starting a new series this morning called Take Heart, and we're going to talk about peace. We're going to talk about hope, we're going to talk about love, we're going to talk about joy, because those are the things that we need as believers. Right now, in the midst of all that's going on in the world, we need hope, don't we? We need need peace in the midst of the, the turmoil that's going on in our world. So much going on that we need peace in the midst of that. So as we get started, I know JT prayed, did a great job. JT, thank you for the worship team and all that you've done. But I do just want us to pause for a moment as we Get ready to hear from the Word of God. Every week we talk about the purpose of this time is to hear from the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, and encourage the people of God to be together as the people of God to stay on the mission of God. And so that's what I would ask you to pray as we get started with the the Word this morning. Let's pray together. Well, Father, we just come before you, and uh, we want to open our heart, as J.T. said, we want to come. Here we are, as we talked about last week with... Cornelius, and he just gathered a group of people there for Peter and just said, whatever you've laid on on Peter, we want to hear from you. And so would you pray that for yourself right now, that, that God would speak to you through the Spirit, through the Word, and you would be encouraged to stay on the mission that he has for you. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have you ever lived out a metaphor? Like something that you've gone through in your life, and you went through it many years ago, but man, it really transformed your life, and it's something you kind of look back on and say, when I did that, I came to new understanding about life. It could be something as simple as running a marathon. Not that running a marathon is simple, but as simple as running a marathon, and you run that marathon, and you go, now I know what people are talking about, that life is not a sprint, that it is truly a marathon. It could be a time when maybe you got lost or you got lost in the woods or maybe as a kid you got lost. And man, from that point forward, you, it transformed the way you looked at things. Maybe it was a, a mountain hike and you were hiking or climbing a, a huge mountain and you went through a lot of challenges to get there. But when you get there, you say, hey, this really is worth it. Jesus talks about a metaphor in John 16. He uses that and he says to any of the mothers in the room, he equates the kingdom of God as, as like having a child. Can anybody say amen? Did I hear that? Some of the ladies? It's like having a child that you're going through the labor and the pain and the sacrifice and all that you have to do to have a child. And then at the end, when you're holding that baby in your arms, it's like the joy, all of that pain goes away and the joy of the moment changes you. And that changes the way you think about life. Well, the disciples, I think in John 16, Jesus had gathered his disciples together together And he says, look with me on the, if you didn't get the scripture sheet, did we get those out this morning? I hope we did. John 16. So Jesus has gathered his disciples together. He gets them together in the upper room. It's John 14, 15, and 16. We call it the upper room discourse. It's not all in the upper room, but Jesus gathers them together and he says to them his final words. He's saying his final words before he's going to be taken away and crucified and buried And so all of those words are significant. All of them, of course, in Scripture are significant, but those are really significant. And the last words of the last words that he says is here in John 16. He says, hey, I've told you these things. I've told you these things so that you would have in me, that in me you would have peace. Because in this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So he says that in John 16, and he, as he's saying that to the disciples, they had to be hearkening back to something that happened almost two years prior. So he's saying this in his last moments, and they had to be thinking about another time that they literally lived a parable, lived a metaphor that changed their life in Mark Chapter 4, verses 35 through uh, 41, they are, Jesus has been teaching all day. So this is two years, kind of a flashback from uh, from John 16 over to Mark 4. It's a flashback in their mind. And Jesus has been teaching all day. And they had just been called, they had just been instituted as disciples in Mark chapter 3 and then in Mark chapter 4. Jesus is teaching the people. He's got a large crowd of people, and he's teaching them all day long. And some of the greatest parables that we have are in that Mark chapter 4. Well, at the end of Mark chapter 4, he says to the disciples, hey, go get in the boat, and let's go across the Sea of Galilee. Let's, let's go across the sea. And so that's where we pick it up in Mark chapter 4. So if you'd read with me, you want to read the Scripture so you know what I'm saying. is coming straight out of the Word. So in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41, he says, On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. And you see this scene as they're out on the sea of Galilee these are fishermen that are out in the middle of the sea of Galilee and these huge waves are breaking over the boat it's literally filling the boat I've had that experience before and I'm telling you it is frightening all right so uh, all these, these waves are coming over the boat and it says but he was in the stern asleep on a cushion so this chaos is going on all of this is this uh, terrifying incident is going on and the 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 disciples are yelling at each other, get bail out the water, whatever they're doing. And then Jesus is just down in the stern. He's just got his head laying on a pillow. He's just completely asleep. Is that the picture perfect of peace in the midst of a storm, right? So Jesus is there, it says, and he awoke and rebuked the wind and the sea and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So, as we start this series, we're talking about peace in the midst of the storm. Again, the reason I'm talking about this is because anxiety and fear. And all kinds of things are at a great height. After coming out of COVID, there was a lot of fear then, and now we kind of stuffed a lot of that away through COVID, and now we're on the other side of COVID, and some of the things that we stuffed during COVID are now, man, some of that anxiety is coming out, and people are dealing with anxiety that they're going, hey, I'm not sure where this is coming from, but it's coming from the last two or three years that we've kind of stuffed that away, and now we're beginning to deal with it. So how does God's word lead us? to have peace in the midst of the storm, because the storm, according to Jesus, is not going away, right? He says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. So I want to talk about three things, all right? We're going to talk about before the storm, okay? What do you need to know before the storm? Then we're going to talk about what it's like to be in the storm, and what does the storm expose in us? What does it reveal about us, and what does it reveal about God? And then I want to talk about having victory over the storm. Victory through the storm. You, you following me? You with me? All right. So before the storm, the first thing you need to know, and this is more just kind of general information about going through a storm in life, going through trouble in life. Number one is trouble is universal. Do you know that? That trouble is universal. So I want you to look around this room right here. Just look around at the people. In this room, everybody looks pretty good this morning, don't they? On your social media, everybody looks pretty good on their Instagram and their Snapchat, and their Facebook. People look good. People look like their lives are all together. But I can tell you, in this room, there are people who have lost their spouses in the past. There are people in this room that have lost children. There are people in this room who are struggling with infertility and can't have children and want to have children so badly. There are people in here who have struggled physically. They've got disease. They've got challenges. There are people in this, in this room that have struggled in their marriage. There are people in this room that are struggling with all kinds of things. And we all look nice and like everything's got it. We've got everything together. But the truth is everybody in this room struggles and has trouble. Trouble is universal. And Jesus says to them, I'm telling you these things so that in me you will have peace. But I'm not telling you that trouble is going to go away. In this world you're going to have trouble. And there's something somewhat comforting in the fact we've all gone through trouble, isn't it? There's something kind of comforting about the fact that we're all in this together. My wife and I tell people all the time, especially young couples, hey, if we would have had other young couples around us when we first got married, if we had been in a small group like we have here at Clear Fork, had we been with people who were being transparent about the troubles they were going through, it could have saved us a lot of heartache. Because then at least we'd have gone, hey, they're going through the same thing we're going through. Or maybe not the same thing, but similar things that we are. And we could kind of go, hey, we're okay. We're somewhat normal here. Everybody goes through trouble. And you've got to know that as you go through and and you journey through this life. So there's three reasons I want to talk about that we have trouble. Okay, The first one is sometimes we have trouble in this life because we're being foolish, right? Sometimes because we're just being stupid, we bring stupid things upon us, and we go through hard times and things because we know we're not living the way we should be living, and we're living in, in counter to God's Word, and because of that, we experience trouble. Anyone? Anyone? All right. All right. There you go. Nod your head if that be the case. There's cases, when that, but that's not really what we're talking about this morning. Other times we go through trouble because there's evil in this world. Listen, the, the fact is that the Bible says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There is an enemy, and he is not in our favor. He is not for us. And so thom- sometimes we go through trouble in this world just because it's not, ours, not anything we've done, that there's just evil in the world. And then the last reason we experience trouble is because we live in a broken world. This world is not the way it's supposed to be. It's not the way God created it to be. We're not in Kansas anymore, Toto, right? We're not in Eden anymore. We're not the way, we're not in the place where everything was perfect, everything was designed where, where Adam and Eve were in perfect harmony with one another, right? They were in perfect harmony with God, and they were actually in perfect harmony with nature. Everything was the way it's supposed to be. And in fact, that's the word that the Jewish people use for shalom, or Irene, which is peace, in the in the New Testament Irene, and the Old Testament Shalom, that word doesn't just mean the lack of conflict. It means everything as it should be, right? So those are the reasons why we experience trouble, but God can use trouble to bring us back to Him. Actually. How many of you have been through trouble, you've been through trials, whether it's your own making or for other reasons, and that trial or that storm or that tribulation brought you back to an intimacy with God, right? God can use any and every situation to bring you back to him into a more intimate and to reveal himself in bigger and greater ways through tribulation in your life. So I've got a confession to make. During the Christmas holidays... I may or may not watch Hallmark Christmas movies. (laughs) I cannot confirm or deny that. But have you seen the Hallmark movie where the guy or the girl, I can't remember, but the guy or the girl, they're going through some really hard times at work, there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of anxiety, they're, they're climbing the corporate ladder, and then for some reason they get kind of put on, on this journey to a really small town, something for the work, takes them to a small town, and they meet the love of their life. Have y'all seen that one? It's amazing, it's amazing. You can just keep recycling those things every, every month. I mean, just keep telling the same story and we keep buying it, right? But that's exactly what happens. The reason we love that story is because God uses challenges to refocus us, to, to broaden our understanding of him, broaden our understanding of things. And through that, he can use, and I don't want to make light of, of really serious things that each one of you have gone through. But those things can be a way that God brings us back to him. And that's exactly what he did here with the disciples in this world. You're going to have trouble. But in me, and that's the key there, is in me you can have peace. So the second thing about the storm is, number one, is trouble is universal. But second, supernatural peace is available. Supernatural peace is available in me. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving and the peace of God which transcends all understanding. What Paul is saying is it does not make sense to you to have peace in the midst of what you're going through. Paul experienced this peace and he's like, I'm waiting to be beheaded and I have this supernatural peace about me that I cannot explain. It is a, a peace that transcends all understanding and God, God guards your heart, your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's what Paul is talking about. This peace is available for those who are in Christ and in the midst of the storm that you can have a peace. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote these words in Strides Towards Freedom. He said, I was ready to give up. With my cup of coffee sitting untouched before me, I tried to think of a way to move out of the picture without appearing a coward. In this state of exhaustion, when my courage had all but gone, I decided to take my problem to God. With my head in my hands, I bowed over the kitchen table and I prayed aloud. These words I spoke to God, that, those words that I spoke to God that midnight hour are still vivid in my memory. I am here taking a stand for what I believe is right, but now I'm afraid. These people are looking to me for leadership, and I stand before them without strength. If I were to stand before them without strength and courage, they too would falter. I am at the end of my powers. I have nothing left. I come to the point where I can't face it alone. And he said, at that moment, I experienced the presence of the divine as I have never experienced God before. It seemed as though I could hear the quiet assurance of an inner voice saying stand up for justice stand up for truth And God will be at your side forever Almost at once my fears my fears began to go my uncertainty disappeared and I was ready to face anything There is a supernatural peace that's available to all of us The challenge is sometimes we don't seek it. We try to handle it on our own We try to handle these challenges on our own so We have a a peace that's available. Before the storm, you need to know that trouble is universal, but supernatural peace is available to us. But in the storm, what do the storms expose and reveal about us? Number one, the storms expose our limitations. They expose our limitations. Notice that this this is where Jesus sent the disciples. He sends them to the Sea of Galilee. And a lot of the disciples were fishermen. And if they weren't fishermen, they had grown up around the Sea of Galilee. This was their place. They knew this was their playground. Man, if anyone knew the Sea of Galilee, it was these fishermen who had fished all night before. They had been in storms before. They had been through all kinds of things on the Sea of Galilee. And yet he sends them out. And as they're about halfway across the Sea of Galilee, this huge storm came up. And this was regular occurrence on the Sea of Galilee as this hot air and the, the, the cold air would would kind of meet there on the Sea of Galilee. And sometimes five to seven to 10-foot waves could happen on the Sea of Galilee. And so that's exactly what's happening. And he sends them to this place. And if there was any place that a, that a fisherman would say, hey, I got this. Hey, I've been here before. And they're telling fishing stories. And they're starting, you know, the storm's coming up. And they're going, hey, Peter, what do you think about it? I see that storm over there. What do you? Th-? Oh, that's nothing. I've been out here on this sea before. I can handle this, right? Don't worry. I'm, I, I, got it, I got it taken care of. So they follow Peter, and they keep doing it, get out in the middle, and hey, uh, man, those waves are getting bigger, Peter. What do you think? We ought to turn around? No, I've got this. I'm telling you, I've got it. But before long, Peter himself is panicking as well, right? It's in these places where we think we have it. Sometimes those are the very places that we go through a storm. You've been there? The places where you say, no, I know, I am confident in this place in my life, those are the places that we that we go through the storms and Jesus and God exposes sometimes our limitations and we have to get to the end of ourselves and say, no, I can't do that. No, I don't have the ability to do that. No, I am not able to do that. We get to the end of our rope and we turn to him. The next thing is it exposes our need, not only our limitations, but then we get to the point where The disciples come to Jesus and say, hey, don't you care that we're about to drown? Don't you care that we're about to perish? We get to the end of ourselves and it exposes our need that we really do need a Savior, that we really do need God, that we really do need something bigger than ourselves. It's not until we get to the end of ourselves sometimes that we're willing to admit that, right? Because as long as we can handle it, as long as it's within our purview, as long as it's a place where we're confident, then we'll try to take care of ourselves. Until we get to the end of ourselves, we don't realize our need for God. But that's the very place where we meet him in a more profound and deeper way. So in the storm, he exposes our limitations, he exposes our need, but he also exposes our theology, You know, it's in the storms that our theology, what we believe about God. It's been said, what you believe about God is the most important thing about you. What you believe about God, and I would even go further than that to say, what you believe about God in the midst of a storm is the most important thing about you. It exposes what we really do believe about God. So sometimes when when you're just kind of living life, Jesus is kind of like a, a rabbit's foot, right? You know, a lucky charm. We kind of carry him around and maybe we read our Bible every once in a while and we say, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna do some good things just in case, right? And we have this rabbit's foot mentality of, of Jesus and we kind of rub on him and hopefully things work out. Well, that's, that's really not a relationship with God. That's superstition, right? Other times, we not only, not only just a, a rabbit's foot, but we kind of have a nice guy, Jesus, right? Kind of this idea that, Jesus is a nice guy, and he's he's a guy that we ought to kind of look at as an example, and and he teaches some good things, and and he would help me be a better person, and we kind of have this nice guy, Jesus. But guess what? When you're on the storm, when you're on the the Sea of Galilee, and everything is caving in, and you feel like you're about to drown, nice guy, Jesus, doesn't do a lot for you, does he? Right? Right? Rabbit's foot, Jesus doesn't do a lot for you. Nice guy, Jesus doesn't do a lot, uh, a lot for you. And then the disciples here, they come to Jesus and they say, "Teacher." Teacher, don't you care if we drown? I think the disciples kind of saw Jesus as teacher Jesus here. And, and I don't want to make too much of this because they called him teacher. He was a great teacher, right? And, and it's, some of us looked at Jesus as like, hey, I just want to know more knowledge. I want to have more knowledge about how to live life and how to do life. And I, I want to memorize scripture. I want to do the Bible thing. But you know what? All of that doesn't matter when you're in the midst of a storm about to drown. And, and, and teacher Jesus can't do a lot for you there, can he? That's why we need to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, because a Lord can do a lot when when you're in the midst of a storm, and a Savior can do a lot when you're in the midst of a storm. And so that's why we refer, refer to Jesus, that's why we refer to it as, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior? So I want to read this. We need a Lord that is strong enough to confront us in our sin, don't we? We need a a Lord in our life that's strong enough to confront us in what's going on in our lives, but we need a Savior that's humble enough to die for our sin. We need a Lord that's strong enough to confront us and to, to meet us where we are and to take care of situations, but we need a Savior that's willing to die for those sins. So in the midst of storm it reveals what we believe about God it also believes what we it also reveals what we believe about ourselves Some people think well if i just had more faith you know, if I just had more faith, I wouldn't be going through these trials. I wouldn't be going through what I'm going through. And there's, there's truth to that. There, there is, faith is involved. Hebrews eleven six. 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So faith is a part of this journey. But some people think, well, man, if I had more faith, I wouldn't be going through trials. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, in me, I want you to have peace. But in this world, you're going to go through trouble. And so it's not always a faith problem. Sometimes it takes faith to get out of the storm, but sometimes it takes even more faith to stay in the storm with Christ, doesn't it? So it's not always a faith problem. Some people think, hey, I wouldn't be going through this trial. I wouldn't be going through what I'm going through. I wouldn't have to do this if if I hadn't done what I did a long time ago. Some people think, man, I'm being punished for what I did. What I did when I was growing up, or what I did on that first marriage, or what I did here, or what I did there, I'm being punished now for what I did. God no doubt disciplines us. He disciplines us like a, a child. He loves us, but there's not punishing, he's not holding something over us to punish us for those things. We come before him, we seek him, we ask him for forgiveness, and he's a good, loving, heavenly father. It reveals the storms reveal what we believe about God, they also reveal what we believe about ourselves. Do you know? that you're a son and daughter of God. If you put your faith in Christ, that that he treats you like you hopefully treat your son and your daughter, that you love them, that you take care of them, that you're looking out for them, and certainly they're gonna go through troubles, but you're there with them, that you're walking them through those troubles. Our troubles, our storms reveal a lot about what we believe about God, and they also reveal what we believe about ourselves. The last thing, is victory over the storm. How do you live through these storms? Because Jesus said, Hey, the storms are coming, the troubles are going to be there, you're going to live through things, and and, and we're all going to go through that. It's universal. We're all going to walk through these. So how do you have victory over the storms? The first one is ironically not what you would think. It's surrender. Surrender to Christ. Surrender everything to him. Come before him with everything you have and just say, God, I surrender to you. The first place of learning and getting over and having victory over the storms is coming before God and say, God, here it is. I I give you everything. I'm not going to try to use my skill and everything I've known in the past, my my, uh, my ness my whatever it is, uh, to get out of this situation. I am going to totally trust in you. I'm going to put it before you and trust in you. Coming before him, completely surrendered. And I want to say this, don't surrender. Surrender to Jesus, but don't surrender to the storm. Don't surrender to the problem. Don't give way and just say, well, I guess this is just the way things are, right? People get into marriage and they say, hey, well, I guess this just is the way things are going to be. Or maybe you live with some kind of sickness and you, you give up to it. You just say, hey, I guess this is just the way things are going to be. I guess this is just the way I'm going to have to live. I guess it's just who I am. I can never change. No, don't surrender to the storm. Don't surrender to the trouble. Surrender to Christ. So surrender completely to him. The next thing is take courage. He says, take courage. I have overcome the world. How do you take courage? How do you find courage in the midst of a storm? He says, the, the spirit of God, and this is, uh, Graham mentioned this this morning, and we didn't even talk, the, the spirit of God, the word of God, and the people of God. That's how you take Courage. In the same way that Martin Luther King, he went before God. He just said, hey, I'm I'm here. I'm just going to give it all to you. I can't do this anymore. I can't use my my good speeches. I can't use my own power. I can't do any of that. I can't use that anymore. I'm at the end of my rope. And he gave it over completely to the Lord. And that's where the Spirit of God met him. And so the Spirit of God meets you in those troubled spots. But the second thing is the, the Word of God. Are you regularly in the word of God where you're reading God's word and you're taking comfort from it? Listen, if you're in the midst of a trouble, you take the Psalms and you're going to be like, man, that guy was experiencing exactly what I'm experiencing right now. And that was 2,000 years ago, more than 2,000 years ago, almost 3,500 years ago for some of the Bible, right? You read the scripture and you go, man, that is uh, trouble is universal, not just for this generation, but for all generations as you read the scriptures and it encourages you and you take courage from the word of God. The last thing is the people of God. And as Graham said, why do you need to be a part of a church? So some of you are visiting this morning and we want to invite you to come. We're, we're building. We're not built, right? We're building this church. We're laying the foundation. We've got a lot of work to do. We're inviting you to be a part of that. But man, if it's not this church, you need to find a church home where you can plug in and be a part of the people of God and not just kind of plug in and come on Sunday morning, but plug in and go, hey, listen, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm going through this. In my marriage, we're going through this. Can anybody here help us with that? In a place where you can be completely transparent, and those are in our small groups, that's a place where you can go and say, hey, I'm having trouble, and you're going to find comfort, and you're going to find peace in the Spirit of God and the Word of God, but also with the people of God, you're going to find great comfort in that. Does it make the troubles go away? doesn't always make them go away, because in this life, you're going to have trouble, Jesus said, but... Take heart in me, you can have peace. The last thing, well, I want to say one thing about that is that you need to have a sprinkler system. We mentioned this a, a, a number of weeks ago when it was 108 degrees out and my, my, uh, my grass was drying up and getting completely brown in a particular area. It was because one of my sprinkler heads was out, right? One of my sprinkler zones was out and it, it showed in my grass Listen, in your life, if you've got a sprinkler system of the spirit of God and the word of God and the people of God, if you're getting that on a regular basis, you're going to find that your life is a lot more, you're going to see green grass. You're going to see greener days. You're going to see hope. You're going to see a a possibility of moving beyond those storms. So get a daily dose, a weekly dose of all of those good things, right? The last thing is celebrate because Jesus says, I have overcome the world. Is that good news? Listen, that's good news. Here's what that means, is that one day, the way it was in in the Garden of Eden, the way it was where everything was the way it's supposed to be, as the Jewish people would say, shalom, everything in order, everything as it should be, we're going back to that one day, guys. Jesus is going to come back and he says, but take heart, I have already overcome the world. So it's already done, we're just not there yet. So let me ask you this, if you had already seen a game in the future, you already had seen a football game in the future and you knew the outcome, you knew what was going to happen and your team won if you were a betting, this is not for gambling, this is not not an endorsement of gambling, but if you were a betting man or a betting woman, how much money would you put on that game? Would you put a dollar, I just put a dollar on it, I, I don't know. Would you put $100 on that game if the odds were 10 to 1, let's say? Would you put $100,000 on that game? If you had already seen the future, you had already seen what happened, would you put your life on that game? If you already knew what happened, you would put it all, you'd bet it all on that, wouldn't you? That's what I'm asking you to do. Because Jesus says, I've already overcome the world. It has been finished. It is done. He said it is finished on the cross, and he says it again in Revelation. It is finished. One day, we're going back to the Garden of Eden as it should be, where everything is in order and as it should be. Isn't that good news? So we've got to celebrate. That's why you're here this morning. We're going to have high barbecue, and we're going to have ice cream, and we're going to celebrate not only the beginning of this church, but that Jesus has won. And in the end... We're going back. So take heart. He says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Would you pray with me? So this morning, I put a three-by-five card on your your seat. If you could grab that. It's going to lead us in a prayer time, if you would. On that three by five card, and you, you, hopefully there's some pins also in the backs of those seats. What I want to ask you to do is I want you to just to identify hey, are you going through a storm right now? Are you going through something in your life where, God, I need your help? God, I need you. Would you just write that down? Maybe you just need to write down. Maybe maybe you can scribble something that would remind you. You don't have to reveal. I'm not going to ask you to give it to anybody. I'm not going to ask you to do anything weird with it. I just want you to write it down. And I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to sing. And during during this last song, I just ask you to write that challenge down on that card. Again, you can do it encrypted, whatever way you want to do it. I want to pray for us, and then we're going to sing this song. I want you to write that, that down. I'll come back in just for a few minutes close us out. So, Father, we come before you. We thank you, Jesus, that you have given us these words, that in the midst of storms that you are with us, that we can take heart. God, I pray for people here this morning that are in the midst of storm right now. They're struggling with some of the specific. And God, they're here because they they have hope in you. God, I just pray you would meet them with that supernatural peace that we're talking about, that right now they would sense your spirit in a a very powerful way. God, that you're with them in, in the midst of the storm. They would feel your presence. Got to pray that your people would come around them. If they allow your people around them, there would be comfort there. Got to pray for those uh, here that, that need to change their understanding of who you are like the disciples, they would see you differently. See you as Lord and Savior. Maybe accept you for the first time in that way. So right now, whatever you need to do with the Lord, would you just take time to do that? Depression, anxiety, fear challenges would you just lay that before him and ask him come before him Jesus don't you even care that's the way you feel just tell him right now let's just stand together we'll sing this song take the time just to continue to write on that card as we sing Thanks so much for listening to the ClearFort Community Church Podcast. For more information about our church, head to clearforkchurch.org. Take heart, Fort Worth. He has overcome the world. We hope to see you soon.